0: Together, they take on the headlines of the week, decode the disinformation, and plow through the mainstream propaganda. Unauthorized, unscripted, and unintimidated. Unintimidated. This is America Unplugged. Unauthorized, unscripted, unchained, unafraid. This is America Unplugged. I'm Tony Arderburn. Of course, uh Billy Ray Valentine is not here today. Yesterday was the day one on the Masonic calendar and he has gone off on a quest to find uh the holy grail. <laughs> so we'll see uh, we'll, we'll see how his progress is uh, later in the show possibly. Uh <laughs> joined by the legendary uh Don Jeffries as always the uh, uh one of the other usual suspects. Welcome back to your own show, Don.
1: Well, it's, it's always great to be here with you, Tony. We miss Billy Ryan. Hopefully he doesn't uh, <clears throat> get lost, doesn't have his uh, tongue torn out at high tide or something like that. As, uh, is Hopefully he'll be back with us next week.
0: <laughs> we we pray for his safe return. And of course, uh, we're jo- yeah. special guest. Vince Agnelli is here. And um, I wanted to uh, take a, a minute or two and uh, Vince, introduce yourself to those of the audience that don't know you. Uh, just uh, tell us a little about yourself and where they can find you.
2: Well, Tony, first I wanted to say uh, thank you very much and como esta paisan, right? And, and uh, thank you, uh, Don, and and uh, appreciate the offer to come on. Uh, I have to decline. No, I'm just kidding. Now, I, um, I'm, I, I grew up in the same neighborhood with Don, although we didn't know each other. Uh, I do know some of Don's family, and I think that's a lot of fun because I get to tease him a little bit about that. Uh, I was... I'm an inventor, also, uh, I guess you could say amateur researcher, and like yourselves have found solace in in finding the same kinds of people and talking about the same kinds of things. So I'm a little bit of a bugaboo about George Mason, and uh, I kind of dive a little bit too far into George Mason sometimes, I think. It it pulls me off of where everybody else is, but I enjoy it. David Knight was kind enough to bring me on his show several times. I, I think David's upset with me. I don't know. I'm just kidding, David. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but no, David's a great guy, and and I think Tony, uh, like Tony said before, you kind of have to start your day off with David's show anyway.
0: Yeah,
2: and uh, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, as as Telly Savalas would say, and like that. <laughs>
0: We're we're glad to have you here, Vince. Uh, an honor. You, and uh, we look forward to the conversation. And of course, yesterday, just massive uh, news. I mean, historical shifts. I talked about it on my show and uh, I titled my my radio program, uh, ROW stands for Rules of Engagement in the Culture War. And uh, I think things are just uh, beginning to kick off. And I'd never thought that I'd be uh broadcasting that roe v wade was un- overturned i just even i you know i, I wanted that because I, I always thought it was bad law and we can talk about that i mean it was uh some the states already have the power that the supreme court reaffirmed yesterday as far as i'm concerned but uh very strange um and we can talk about the implications and how we got here but uh don i'm gonna throw it to you i mean uh, we talked about it a little bit yesterday on your show we, we've seen the the headlines and the fallout since uh are they going to make? Uh, is the other side? Is the opposition, uh, or the, not the opposition? It's really the ruling class of the uh, the left and globalists. Are they going to make insurrection cool again?
1: Yeah, they seem to want to, but I think this is a, basically symbolic. Because most people have said it really doesn't change a whole lot. Uh, this is because the states can still obviously do it, and I I would not put it past. I, I don't know if the as the Supreme Court ever apologized before and taken back an decision. Uh, if, if the heat gets too hot. You know who knows who's, that could easily happen because what is amazing about this is this is a, a, the side that never wins looks like they won a big victory whether it's symbolic or not and the side that never loses lost very big because this is a huge issue to them I mean I, I really don't know why it's such a huge issue to a bunch of old women that never had kids or never have any hope of having kids now but for, for whatever reason it's very important to them. This is their number one issue. So uh, they're not used to losing. They're not good sports, as we can see. So uh, they don't exactly know it for their sportsmanship. So um, the only thing I can think comparable to this it was with Trump being elected in 2016. It's that same kind of thing because nobody saw that coming. You know, Hillary Clinton was the queen of the deep state and this despised guy who had no chance won. And you saw how, that, how they reacted to that. So I, I don't know. I didn't hear anything about last night, the night of rage. Uh, uh, it didn't look like when they were showing people marching in the streets, they didn't look too intimidating. Uh, maybe they didn't ship in the Antifa troops yet. I don't know. But it didn't look like they were going to do a whole lot. So let's hope they don't. But um, this is, again, I never, never, you know, count out the the aside that never wins ability to apologize because that's what they're used to doing. There's only a bunch of them waiting right now. They probably get their apologies written out because this is what they do. And uh, I, they're not accustomed to winning. So we'll see what happens from there. But uh, it's certainly a yeah, historic day. And I, I don't think, I like you, I never, I never saw this coming.
0: Well, Vince, I'm going to let you uh, take it from there. Your thoughts on the ruling and, and where we go from here.
2: Well, it, true. It, I can remember in 1973, I wasn't that old, but I, I was a, a reader of the newspapers and I knew what was happening. And back then they really kind of came up with the terminology of baby boomers because now they had a way to, you know, clop off a group of people because of abortion, because they were now considering these people to be a group of people no longer getting larger. You know, the babies were going to stop coming. Sociologists applauded that. That's part of sociology. So what they did by overturning Roe was really blow a, a pretty big hole into modern sociology. And that would be sociologists, socialist socialism, the whole the whole idea of changing a culture based on the destruction of the culture and then replacing it with something else. And that's uh, that's where Marx comes in and, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Goldsmith is an excellent person to uh, to look at for, for the Marx position in sociology. But I, I too never thought they would change. It. And then here we find them doing two things on the court. They overturn Roe, which obviously is the biggest piece, but then they go ahead and they turn states rights back to the states in the New York gun case. Yes. So what, what is this court really trying to do? Uh, as Don says, you know, the people who normally win always win, and all of a sudden they've lost. So if something's happening. Yeah, I could I could go ahead and throw spitballs at it, but they wouldn't do any good. We really won't know what their plan is in the end until you know, all of a sudden they want to play by the rules of the Constitution. First, first time since Marbury versus Madison, I think, uh, when they first broke the Constitution.
0: I, I agree with you. It, it it really comes out of nowhere. I mean, because we don't, we don't really have a conservative court. I mean, you just go back to 2020 and you go back to some of their rulings. I mean, they allowed casinos could be open, but not churches. And then a church tried to go in and, and into a casino. They said, no, you can't do that either. So, I mean, do we, do we really truly have a conservative court? I There's something, there's something else here. And um, Don, I'll ask you, uh, you know, people are giving Trump credit for this because he had three now, you go, <laughs> Amy Comey Barrett th- th- didn't do anything to stand up uh, on the, the election or anything related right. to Donald Trump, any sphere of anything related to him or his policy that I could see right. in the first year or so. Uh, Kavanaugh was, uh, I mean, kind of he's a flop for the most part on most issues. So it's not like, you know, everybody's a Clarence Thomas, but he got right. three picks and got Gorsuch too. What are the implications of this? I mean, it, it, as far as looking at what Trump, the, the picks that Trump had, did this make all the difference? Would this have happened without without Trump's picks?
1: Well, pro- uh, probably not. But I, you know, I said the, 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 while the while the decision is surprising, it's not because this abortion has always been an issue where um, a lot of conservative Republicans, so-called conservative Republicans, it's a safe issue for them. They can feel, whereas if you venture into some of the territory Trump ventured, especially immigration, I don't think you're going to see this court make an issue, you know, say we're banning sanctuary cities or banning birthright citizenship. That would never happen. Because again, those those same conservative Republicans, which is what those three people are to varying degrees, and they fit into that. They don't support civil liberties or anything like that. They're not libertarian. But their conservative Republican abortion is not as important as it is for the other side, who is just you know, ready to pull their hair out, but it is an important issue to them. So that doesn't surprise me. And it, 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 even the gun uh, issue in New York doesn't surprise me that much because, again, conservative Republicans, it's safe for them to be pro-Second Amendment to varying degrees. So that's not that all surprising. What would be surprising, shocking, again, is that they went outside those conservative boundaries like immigration especially uh, or you know I, I can't think of what other issues could come before that, but certainly anything that touches on the conspiratorial world they're not going to go there so uh it is surprising but i, I will see and and that's why i think in the election i think they didn't go there because if you look most of the conservatives didn't go there they did, you know all the good conservatives they eventually you know i mean sean hannity and people like that battled for a while but then they backed off And uh, you had Amy Coney Barrett, I think was, uh, she was being a good conservative. You know, she didn't, uh, I'm going to recuse myself or I'm not even going to participate in this decision. Of course, we know that was obviously ridiculous that they wouldn't even look at it. But what were the allegations? Trump was, that was a conspiracy theory to the establishment, that there was electoral fraud to question the electoral process of America. And that that starts taking you down the rabbit hole. So those conservatives weren't going to go there any more than the liberals. I mean you I don't even think any of them did, did, did Thomas and Alito maybe they, they're one of the decisions they uh, wanted to look at it at least. something. but so I don't think it's that surprising because again I think if you look at it, it w- what issues are are okay or permissible there's they're within the parameters what I used to call the parameters of debate, left- right paradigm. you can you can debate you know abortion and prayer in school and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you go outside those boundaries. Something like immigration, which is essential. You know, because I mean let's let's face it, this this decision, even if they banned abortion, it, it's not gonna change you know, the quality of my life or most people's lives. It's really not gonna impact it much at all. But if they deported millions of illegal aliens, that would change the quality of people's life. You'd notice that. So again, I think you need to look at it in that standpoint. But you know, again, it's a victory, it's a victory for morality in some degree. And symbolically, like I said, I think it's important. It's, uh, it's like the Washington generals finally beat the globe truck.
0: <laughs> It's, it's, um, fascinating to me because I look at it from, from the angles of, you know, did the Supreme court, did they feel like that the challenges coming from the states were going to expose the hollowness of their rulings of the past 50 years. I mean, so many of their rulings, they've usurped state power. Now, states don't have rights. States have powers. There's a separation of powers in our Constitution. That's what states. Again, this is uh, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. What they're for, and there was challenges finally from states, and that's what I noticed. So you look at, um, you know, Mississippi, Texas We're challenging Roe on a state level, and instead of just uh, again, we grassroots conservatives and pro-lifers have tried to. You know, all the way up from the from the bottom, try to get a candidate that would be president that could win that may or may not, you know, and probably not pick a Supreme Court justice as conservative. That's what we've been doing since Roe. And they stopped doing that in large part and focusing on state level stuff. And, and that's just what I've noticed, because you go back to um, somebody like Ron Paul. Ron Paul had the H.R. 300 bill. And H.R. 300, what it was, if you look in the Constitution, and I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's Article 2, Section 3, but don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. The Congress, with a, up, a simple up-and-down vote and the signature of a president, can nullify a federal ruling. And uh, Ron Paul knows this, so he put it forth. He said, hey, we can we can send Roe back to the states with the majority. And he put, he put it, and he couldn't get it out of committee. Because he's like, look, it's in the Constitution. You, can, you We've got the Senate. We, This is back during the Bush administration. We have the presidency. You guys say you're pro-life. We have the Senate. We have the House. Simple majority. We can send Roe back to the states. And you know who opposed it was pro-life groups. The big pro-life groups opposed it. They didn't want it that way. They wanted to pick the Supreme Court justice, you know, go through that whole thing. So now we reach the end. And I'm not sure it was maybe as a combination of getting the justices and then the states challenging. and then I, And again, there's something else here. You know John Roberts you <laughs> know uh, I look at his legacy you go back to the uh, Obamacare ruling and uh people just thought it was a, a foregone conclusion that he was gonna override that you know and as as far as the taxation was concerned of it and then he reaffirmed it it was really weird if you remember that I think that was two thousand and thirteen and it was like everybody just went what what's going on so you know David Knight feels like it was Roberts who leaked the memo or leaked the 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 preliminary drafts of the ruling itself and that's why we've known about this for such a long time so it seems I don't know Don and I'll, I want to get your opinion on this too uh, Vince uh, you look at uh, the implications of this ruling and I and I I caution conservatives not to spike the football because there's something else here I really feel like this is a prelude you talk about the constitutional carry you, you overturn Roe which was the main question that you ask every Supreme Court nominee. That was what they had. What do you th- you th- Is row the law of the land? You have to reaffirm. Yes, yes, you just say the mantra and do <laughs> all the, all this note, Pay homage to the law of the land that is row. But now that they've done this, is this the opportunity to stack the Supreme Court? I'll go to you, Vince. See,
2: that I I wrote about um, I think I wrote about it in the last book, whereas um The states, maybe not even in that, maybe somewhere I blurted it out, the states actually had the power to um, change their own state constitutions. And they could outlaw it based on a referendum in their constitution if they wanted to. They've had that power since since 1789, so why the anti-abortion groups Didn't want to go, you know, straight into uh, let's do this on each state level when they had the power to do it. Is you have to be suspicious about that too. That's the money, the money side of the whole process. And uh, I I think. um, Do you guys do conspiracy talk here? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Let's uh, let's put it this: It's a conspiracy-free zone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how about just just <laughs> off the top of my head, how about let's look at the last several presidents and the open border. How many people are really here in the United States from other countries? And all of a sudden we've brought them into an area where most, most of our generation is dying off because of what? Abortion or teaching the transsexual stuff. That's all part of sociology and they, they admit it. So now you have these people that are coming in. You don't want them to have abortions. You want them to start having the children right to replace. Just thinking about it, it sure. It certainly seems like it's an interesting part of timing, interesting piece of history to throw at it just from the side. Um,
0: yeah, for me, it's you. always
2: been in the hands of the states, and the states could have challenged it a long time ago, but they refused to do it.
0: Yeah, it's it's right. it's weird all around. And if you if you somebody like me who looks at um, the past with an eye for conspiracy, so you're you're in good company here, Vince. I, you okay. know, I I, <laughs> I I happen to you know run some numbers, and if you look at uh, mass immigration which the the amount of immigration that we have now is way outside of any tradition that we've ever done. People have no idea how large it is. I mean, people, we always think of ourselves as a nation of immigrants and we've had waves of immigration uh, throughout our past. And then we've also had periods where it just completely paused for 10, 20 years. Um, We don't pause anymore. We don't do that at all. Matter of fact, we've we've broken the the spigot. The knob is off. There's no control. It's it's a million a year legally, then plus everybody who comes illegally, which is unknown. Probably there's probably 30, 40 million people here illegally, something like that. I love the establishment always says it's 11 million. They've been saying that since I was like nine <laughs> years old. <So> I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's more than that now. Um But if you take those two numbers, Vince, and you say, well, this is the amount of, of children that were Americans, black, white, Hispanic, people that were native-born that were terminated from, from Roe v. Wade onward. And you take the number of people that we imported legally, just legally, not illegally, just legally over the top of that, then the two numbers basically cancel them to each other out. So we've done, when they talk about population replacement, that's it. That's how you do it. You take people from, and it doesn't mean they're bad people, just you take people from the third world. and other cultures with different uh, backgrounds and traditions and languages. And then you say, well, here, you're a, you replace this person that would have been somebody from a, a native, you know, native born somewhere, you know, what you whatever you want to call native American. Right. So that could be any race, but somebody from here. So it's very interesting uh, to me, this, this ruling at this time, and I'll also add one more thing. I'm going to throw it to you, Don. You know, you go back and look at something that uh, Wellington said, after the, after Waterloo, when he defeated Napoleon, he said, the only thing more melancholy than a battle lost is a battle won. And I want conservatives to understand this because there's something here, you know, when the Soviet union fell, there was a Soviet propagandist, one of their main propagandist agents at the Politburo. He said, we've done something far worse than beat you. We've taken your enemy away and now you're lost. So I think there's some there's some introspection that conservatives and pro-lifers are going to have to do at this point. It's almost like they're going to be completely discombobulated because that's always been we're going to roll this rock up the hill. We're going to get row overturned. It almost it always seemed like an out of touch goal. Even look, I I think all things are possible, but this is shocking. So, uh, Don, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, implications and just any thoughts on what Vince or I had to say.
1: Yeah, well, uh, that was the, the the Wellington comment is uh, definitely relevant now because uh, yeah, I do think uh, the right wing uh, again. We talk, I mean, I, I'm familiar with so much on the right wing because I'm not uh, invited anymore to the left. I'm not uh, welcome to play any of their reindeer games. So I, I commiserate with the far right mostly. But uh, the people I'm commiserating with are not. Abortion wasn't their number one issue. They certainly, we opposed to it. But, uh, for, again, for conservatives, this is something that, you know, how many times do you see a Republican candidate pro-life, you know, pro military, pro-strong defense? It? Who, who on the left is not pro-strong defense? The, the Pentagon's budget goes up every year. So but losing one of their key components, because now they they can't campaign on overturning Roe versus Wade. It's been overturned. So it, you're right. It takes a key component of what their their rhetoric away from them. What can they say at this point? So maybe they'll have to turn, maybe they'll have to get a little more radical. But uh, I've always said, you know, why, why aren't they, certainly what uh, Vince touched on, the great replacement is exactly right. And, and I don't think it's any accident. The, the immigrant group that is by far the most dominant and, and almost all of the illegals are coming from a culture that is uh, very anti or very pro-life that holds, uh, you know, having babies to be a, a blessing. You know, Americans haven't done that for a long time. You know, the average woman that we get you know, pregnant is like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Where that doesn't happen in the world. They're very Catholic, but non-white. And I think that can't be overlooked. Is that—is it, you know, are they allowed to have that? Because you don't see them ridiculed. Maybe if they get ingrained enough in American culture. Maybe that will happen. But the ridicule is always wrecked. at uh, What was that uh, show, 19 and Counting? Uh, that I mean that that was that was a nightmare to the left to see a white family, that many white kids gathered together in one place. I mean, they they hated that like they hated Duck Dynasty. I mean, they, they I remember so many people getting apoplectic over that. And I don't think that would have been the case if that had been nineteen diverse kids, you know, not people of color or whatever you want to call them. And so yeah, I think you can't overlook that and uh it does take a lot of, and one of the other rhetorics on the conservative part that they would usually say, again, the, constantly trying to curry favor with non-white voters, they would constantly say, well, you know, African Americans, and of course they would dutifully say, African Americans, uh, African, how many babies are aborted every year that are African Americans, and they would, they would throw that in right away as if that was especially horrible. You know, it's not just abortion itself, but what about abortion of African Americans? Again, trying to curry favor, pandering, and uh, that's a key component of conservatism. Is, is good conservatism is, is pandering, and then it leads to apologies and so forth. The big weapon of their arsenal is gone now because they've they've won. Now they have to see how they treat victory. I I, I don't know. I mean, there will really, I don't. I don't think you will have to worry about them spiking the football. Although Donald Trump certainly, if he hasn't already claimed credit for that, <laughs> I don't see him not claiming credit for this. So. Uh, We'll see what he does, but I don't know if you saw that story. Supposedly privately, yeah, in private, he respond. Yeah, he, he responded to this by saying this is bad for them, and he's probably right because again, it's gonna it's gonna take away a lot of their campaign. Because what what will happen to a lot of the? I mean, will, will the pro life groups lose money? Because uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how this will work out. But again, it's it is it's a shock. And again, it's the uh, the generals beat the globe
0: well, Vince, what do you think about implications for the conservative movement itself? Or do you study that? A Republican Party elections? What what kind of consequences just, just in the first you know 48 hours? What are you thinking?
2: Well, I, I think you're spot on, Tony. Uh, and, and you said the other day when I caught some of you on David's show, um, and he asked you about, I think, the 20,000-foot the view of how things are, but that's with the financial world, and I think it's with all of it you said things, it's a very complex picture. And these guys don't make a move. I say these guys, let's put them out there as globalists or whatever you want to call them. They don't make a move looking for just one win. You know, they like to do one thing and have multiple dominoes fall. That's, I hate to use the domino theory, sorry, (laughs) but that's what they like to do. And there's no question that takes a plank out of the, the Republican Party at a crucial time when, geez, everybody and Don and I had, some, had lunch the other day with a couple of people that we know. And, you know, they kind of raked me over the coals a little bit when I told them that the Democrats are going to steal the election anyway. That's my position. And what a better way to frame it by throwing every little piece of bad news out there. Just like you've said, it takes a piece out of the Republican platform and then election time comes, they steal it. And then these guys on CNN can talk about this went wrong, that went wrong, and they took Roe away and blah, 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 mm-hmm. just to kind of fluff up the air. So you really don't question what happened. Just like, and Don may not agree with me on this, but I think the January 6th stuff going on right now is to scare people away from possibly doubting this next election. So all of this, it's just, as you said before, even just on the monetary side, it's complex. And, and I know you guys have talked about this before, about the possible famine that's approaching. Well, what a heck of a time if you're one of these sociologists and you've been saying, we need to have abortions because there's too many people to feed. Well, what a great time to do this. Let's start having babies right in the face of your, you know, you know I'm not making Light of it. I'm just saying what an interesting dichotomy of, of facts that they're putting together in front of us. So, uh, there's no question the Republican Party has got some, they've got a vacuum they've got to fill now. But we'll see That's what they do. Question. It, it we'll sure the isn't. Well, it's not going to be guns because uh, on the same night that the uh, Supreme Court turned around and handed a kind of a half hearted victory to the New York people, and David talked about that as well. Uh, they went ahead and passed their gun control that night, totally ignoring anything about states' rights and, and the fact that the Constitution claims that it is the supreme law of the land and that and that amendment that covers the ownership of firearms is the supreme law of the land. So that, you know, what's going on here?
0: That's an open question. What is af- actually going on here? And I think there's multiple things happening. It's very sophisticated. I'm I'm glad you uh, you caught that. that. Was a great interview. I, I love talking to David this week. And I, I think we're just facing things on multiple fronts, Vince. Um, and uh, you know the the normal playbook has been thrown out. I mean, we're talking about uh, talking about Trump uh, saying that's is bad for his party. He may be right uh when it when it comes to this decision and there's lo- lots of lots of unknowns um don what what else did you have that you wanted to bring up i know that uh, kind of in the same line of logic you you had some other subject matter that you wanted to bring to the forefront we're about the halfway mark now
1: yeah well i think well first of all i think you can't overlook the fact too that this is uh again i uh, so many things happen that are distractions and i i believe obviously the the, the the main issue we should all be concerned about is the country literally collapsing and everything crumbling and nothing, everything failing. Every economic indicator down. Just uh, Vince mentioned uh, you know possible food shortages. Now they're talking about possible. I mean, we're stocking up on water left and right because they're but uh, you hear. You know, one of the dams is drying up, and our, our leaders apparently apparently desalination plants don't exist anymore. I don't – apparently they seem why why would we be running out of water? I, to my knowledge, we haven't had a record route i mean none of this makes any sense nobody questions anything so it's, it's it's scary times so you throw something like abortion out there or even guns you know i've talked about the guns where they'll, they'll give people a victory here and there but uh, i what they're concerned about is people using guns against them and that doesn't seem to be anything they need to worry about happen and uh, so they, they may give you know throw uh, crumbs out there here or there, but I I look at what's happening at the January 6th hearings, and uh, it it is ironic to say the least that while this is going on, and this happens in the midst of it, so I guess maybe they canceled a hearing or something, I don't know, but uh, at the same time, you have this this AOC and Maxine Waters, you know, some of the loudest voices calling these people traitors and, you know, wanting them hung in the public square, I guess, saying, you know, the hell with the Supreme Court, and let's go out there, this is an illegitimate decision, and again, how is that different than saying that an election was illegitimate? And, and I think that I agree with Vince that, that uh, this, uh, this is a message that you, you never are to protest the elections again, again, unless the other side does, that is cool, it's fine. And it's not my president, but if the side that's constantly losing until this you know, unanticipated victory here. If they possibly uh, claim there was foul play, no, no, you're not allowed to do that. And look at those people that are, hell. You know, they may they might just keep them in prison. indefinitely. I don't know when they're going to have a trial. And and these hearings, again, I may be the only one saying it, but just the fact they're holding these hearings, how are they ever supposed to get any kind of a trial? I mean, how would you like to go into a courtroom after Congress has held publicly televised hearings, basically proclaiming you're guilty? I mean, and no, but there's not a single civil libertarian talking. It doesn't even matter what the issue is, but Once that happened, we just crossed such a huge line in the sand. And uh, so I can't be too excited about this. It is unintended. It's interesting to watch, but there's so many bad things going on. I mean, I I, I would probably feel differently if somehow uh, Trump, when he was president, had uh, actually had a a deportation force promised. And they actually did deport millions of illegal. And, and I would say, you know, that's a tangible result. That's that's Huey Long type delivery or something, you know, where you you see some some results from the rhetoric. But none of that's going on. And I think the the only thing is it may weaken the Republicans because what the Republican Party is dominated by rhinos. But most rhinos, at least, were uh, they would say they were pro-life to some way. But I, I guess most of them wouldn't say they wanted to overturn. Roe versus Wade, but even most of these con- so-called conservatives, you know, Tony and I have talked about this many times, they're they're really failing. I mean, when the best you have to offer is Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Tim uh, Gates and people like that, they're certainly not – I don't know what they are on some of the issues we discuss, but there aren't that many of them in Congress. Most of the so-called they'll run on being conservatives, and they'll say, you know, strong defense, of course, and a lot of them, you know, support our police, which is ridiculous, things like that. That's the that's what they were on a Trump type platform. But you know, Trump was never uh, I believe in his past he was known to be aren't the allegations he paid for abortions. I mean I I would be shocked if he didn't at some point. And uh he was I think he was pro-choice at some point when he was friends with Murray. So he doesn't have this huge history of that. So that was never a, a, really a big issue with the MAGA people, I don't think. I mean, most of them, I guess, certainly were pro-life. But you look at those MAGA rallies, they weren't built around that. Built, so this this is really a victory to, I don't know who would be a victory to, just mainstream Republicanism, I think. And uh, wow. so I, I don't know what, what what difference it'll make. We'll, we'll see, other than it'll... It's getting the other side excited. It's kind of like Trump's election. what, Why I wanted him reelected, I just, for my own selfish reasons, I wanted to turn on CNN and, and MSNBC and watch the news coverage because it would have been great and must-see TV. But, uh, so that that's the thing. Maybe it's must-see TV now to watch the reaction to this. It's find some kind of entertainment.
0: You know, a lot of times uh, you look through history, there's precedents set. History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. You know, there was uh, Supreme Court decisions leading up to our our Civil War in the 19th century. One of them was Dred Scott This is kind of a reverse Dred Scott in a lot of ways. Um, but that led to more, uh, you know, more hatred, more back and forth, more battles, uh, you know, uh, over that issue. And uh, is this some sort of release valve? Because I mean, you see Texas, you know, the Texas nationalist movement is very is getting momentum. I, mean, I ran for Congress back in 2013. It was a very small thing you they would show up in uh, tea Party movements and tea Party uh, events and conservative events and you know, the Texas nationalists but they're getting more and more momentum. Um, and again people are fed up is this is this a way to release a I don't know some sort of pressure valve where they oh we ruled on guns we ruled on life. You're OK. You don't need to continue to form these coalitions and break away. We're good. We're all one country. I, I don't know. It's the what I think of when I when I see this kind of stuff, because you're, you're so right now. We're not, just, you know, common sense doesn't win. And, and you know, usually liberty doesn't win. Usually in this country, this is I mean, it's a rare, rare thing you have to fight for. it Because the what the ruling class has and what a lot of people don't understand, you know, you talk about a, elections being stolen. Well, I'm going to tell you something scarier than stolen elections, and that is a locked in demographic bomb that's been dropped on the United States. And it it happens without you really realizing it at all. It's people that have been look, this isn't a knock against immigration as a whole, but I'm just telling you the facts. Eighty percent of new immigrants vote Democrat. That's just a fact. That's not me wanting it that way. It's that so that's eight hundred thousand new. If you just count the people that are legal, new immigrants, new Democrat voters a year. So demographically, the the tides aren't turned. Even even with people waking up and saying, "I don't want any of us established." That's what's happened in elections. Can you turn California red? I mean, well, it's kind of red because it's communist. But could you could you turn California red like the mainstream media wants to make it on a map? Yeah, you know, like no, there's no way because you have the locked-in demographics. And I think, in some ways, there's um, some sort of sophisticated warfare going on here. And uh, I'll I'll throw it. I'll throw any thoughts on what uh, Don had to say, Vince.
2: Well, just uh, addressing what you're talking about demographics too. The uh, if you look at the migration of immigrants and this. This really is not of the last two decades. This has been, since we've been immigrating from Europe, the second wave, okay, through Ellis Island. Most of the immigration takes place into the centers of, the high centers of population, the big cities. So I think because that machine exists there since the late 19th century to keep the Democrat Party in control, you're ending up having those new immigrants already kind of stewed in that same pot of uh, of democratic control. But it's just, I think that's how that's gonna end up. You don't see them in the countryside until we see the Obama administration bring them in and then shoot them out across the land. But I don't think they're, you know, they may be voting or they, they may be voting and not knowing that they're voting. I think that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> especially because someone has a list of names when they come into the country. Oh, look, you're going to where? Okay. We'll make sure they have their paperwork in for voting registration. Um, that, that game is played pretty heavy. Uh, no, I don't stand there to watch the registrar's office. I've thought about it. I thought about camping myself out over here in Warrington and say, I want to watch who's coming into your place, <laughs> but I, they're not going to let me do that. Um uh, as as far as uh, as far as what you guys are saying i completely agree with it it's it's a dichotomy we're placed in this dichotomy and it's a false dichotomy and we're not allowed to escape it of course that's my position is we we can escape it but that's i don't know if you guys want to talk about that but
0: well of course we can if yeah. we want to We'll do, we'll do a question from the chat real quick. And then I want to uh, talk about the Rockfin chat as well. I, I'm not ignoring you guys, uh, uh, but it's me producing the show and, <laughs> and uh, having to do the chat. So uh, Jim chambers over on Facebook says, I would love to hear y'all speculate on how this will affect planned parenthood funding on the federal level, which is an interesting mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Don?
1: Yeah, that is uh, yeah, will, uh, we talk about this is going to maybe affect the right as a campaign issue, just running on pro life. Well, you guys won. But yeah, Planned Parenthood is uh, now they always say, well, you know, they help, they, they treat people for VD and they do all kinds of other stuff, but they're primarily, they're I think, there <laughs> for, uh, for uh, to uh, provide abortions. So yeah, with, with if that's taken away, it's certainly and because I guess Planned Parenthoods are all over the country. I don't, I don't know how many states will. Again, have the, the the courage or whatever the balls to actually outlaw abortions in that particular state, well, Wyoming, Idaho. I don't know. Maybe they will, but I think most states probably won't be able to do that. Maybe they'll put some restrictions on it, or whatever. But in those states that do uh, outlaw them, yeah, I don't know what Planned Parenthood would do in Idaho or whatever, whatever that kind of thing. So yeah, I think that they'll. It's uh, good, you know, because I I try to point out all the time, you know, do you guys. Uh, if you guys want to see some racist stuff, how about looking at those pictures of Margaret Sanger at KKK rallies you know, or read the stuff she wrote about, you know, basically we, we want to eliminate, we want to exterminate black people. Uh, it's out there. These are not, it's not me saying it. So, uh, you guys explain that. How is she still good? But that's, you know, that's, that's the left for you. Yeah. Good question, Jim. That's, that's true. Planned Parenthood may be, uh, become obsolete. So I guess, um, uh, young ladies that are out there looking for a uh, career with the Planned parents of the world. You may, you may have to look through some other kind of employment.
0: Vince, any thoughts yeah. on that?
2: Yeah. Sanger too. Uh, not just the, uh, the black population, but the, uh, the white trash population. Uh, she was interested in getting around Genesis. that. Well, call, call them the, uh, I think they called them the white weeds. If I remember correctly, she would go down <laughs> South and call them the white yeah. weeds. Um, now, if you're talking about federal funding or federal grant money that goes to, to Planned Parenthood, that's an interesting question. Uh, they're going to have to, um, I guess, show that they're using the money that they have coming in. And I guess they could hide that for a while in, in the administrative work. But as far as the, uh, I guess it's, someone once said uh, 98% of what they do is abortion work, Right. Right. Uh, and that could be different from city to city. And if they close, well, that money either probably has to go back or now you've got Democrats uh, kind of on their heels about, well, how do I get rid of this money? Because they want to keep spending the money, as you know, every year the uh, the federal government by law. And I can't remember the law. Don, did you ever remember? I think I, I asked you to look at that. Um uh, uh, I think they have to increase the spending of the federal government every year by seven percent, six or seven percent. It's a law. Yeah, and yeah. it was signed in by gosh, Lyndon Johnson or, or Richard Nixon, one of the two. So yeah. well, it's, it's a non it's
1: the non money? They are, but it's a nonprofit mentality. I remember when I worked for Endova before they fired me. That's what they do every of course, they never return any money to the employees. They never gave bonuses to anybody except the absolute you know, 13,000 employees there and probably 500 got incredible bonuses. The rest of us got nothing, but uh, they would always say, well, we have to to maintain our nonprofit status. We have to put everything back into So we have to keep building. That's why Nova keeps building buildings uh, to put it back into that. So it's the same kind of concept there that you're talking about where you have to put it back, but I guarantee it never again goes. To, it never goes to the common people, wherever it is, whether it's government or business that it doesn't go out. And, hey, you know, we're going to give everybody a, we got so much money this year. We're going to give everybody a ten thousand dollar bonus. No, no. Then how will they give you know the CEO fifty million dollar bonus? That's yeah, that's the way it works under the the rig system.
2: I, I want to uh, Tony and Don. I want to try to uh, contact one of the delegates of Virginia. I used to be uh, pretty well off with there. Uh, Bob Marshall. Don, you know who Bob Marshall is, right?
1: Uh, huge,
2: yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah huge anti-abortion guy. He would know the answers to all of that stuff when it comes to, and he wrote a big book about abortion and the, uh, the corporate American interests that were backing it all these years. So I, I want to try to get him in touch with you guys. If, you, if I have your permission, because they sure. forced him out, a, a transgender Soros guy forced him out. <laughs> hmm. I don't know what he's yeah. doing now, but I sure. wonder
0: what the, uh, what the Bushes are thinking right now, you know, the, fur on the, the masthead on the, uh, letterhead for, for the first Planned Parenthood was uh Prescott Bush, you know, when they put out the fundraising <laughs> and all the Bushes are pro-life, we're going to get some, we're going to help you down there in Texas. Uh-huh. pro life. And, uh, no, I, I haven't heard anything from, I haven't seen any headlines of what are they, they're not, they're not celebrating. They can't be, this is, I don't think this is probably shocking them as well.
1: You know, last night on, um, uh... Tucker Carlson uh, Cand- Candace Owen, who if, if she really kind of gets dips her toes in our water sometimes but uh, she was talking about Margaret Sanger, Sanger and she mentioned how their eugenicists several times she mentioned eugenicists. and uh, that's usually something you don't hear too much on television and uh, so I, I was uh, hearkened to hear that because that's and that's what I would love to see the right uh, take this victory. And even in that one area, run with it a little bit and talk it. Start, you know, start talking about Bill Gates being a eugenicist, these other people being eugenicists. How they want to eliminate lots of people, and you know, say, you know, if you if you hated Hitler for what he did, you know, this this what they all like. They they're all they're all talking about that. They they want to get rid of the people that you talk about the, the white weeds and everything. The idea is that, uh, and and again, if you want to have a bigger discussion. It all stems from evolution. Eugenics was was born out of evolution because the entire idea is what who, who determines. Like when people tell me about free speech, as consequences. They say, well, who determines what the consequences are? What, what consequences? You're going to decide. Same thing with the with evolution is survival of the fittest. Well, who's the fittest? Not black people. Not poor white people. You know, not people. You know, you're, you yeah, know, you shouldn't be having kids. You're not fit we got to sterilize you. And in the Industry 3 that I've coming up, I'll have a, a lot on that. You know, Woodrow Wilson got his start on that uh, with as uh, uh, governor of New Jersey, passing a sterilization program. And just a little little uh, spoiler for, for the book, uh, one, one of the, the guy he had in charge of, and I forget his name, he had a suitable sinister name. this guy ended up later in World War II uh, being arrested by the Gestapo in occupied France. And then when they found out what a great eugenicist this guy was, they made him the common, uh, the camp physician. I think in Buchenwald, something like that. So that's 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 what hidden history is: a guy that, that is heads up Woodrow Wilson's eugenics program in New Jersey ends up as the camp physician for Buchenwald later in World War II. That's the kind of but there's these people are all eugenicists and they can't hide it, you know, they're like Prince Philip. You know, I, I want to come back as a virus. I mean, they're they fantasize about this so. This, I think, on, on that level is probably even more uh, distressing to them because, uh, it, obviously, it's you know, being able to abort babies. That's, that's good eugenics, right? Especially if they're poor women.
0: Yeah, you, eugenics and population control, the more you talk about it, the more you expose it, it, it all leads back to the elite. It all leads yeah. back to the people that control the money supply. They want less people. And how I know that and how Don knows that is because that's what they say. That's their main thing. That's what they (laughs) love. That's their hobby horse. That's their, their raison d'etre is to eliminate people. And it's all of them. If you have a certain amount of money or or currency, if you have a certain amount of wealth, then you are a, you are a a depopulation enthusiast. Just look at Bill Gates is one of those people. Ted Turner is one of those people. Again, uh, Prince Philip. You know, coming back as a deadly virus, all that stuff—that's just what they <laughs> do. And I think, you know, how much, how much of the momentum? Because it seems like we were reaching levels with people being pro-life, and you're getting more and more of the, the younger generation. And and just to look at this and go, wow, that is a that's a baby. You know, we should we should uh, respect life. I've seen more of that. You know, their politics may be uh, libertarian a lot of other things, yeah. and liberal on and a lot of other things, but they're pro-life. So it is. It is interesting, Don, and I'll and I'll ask Vince too. Um, will this change the demographics in America at all? Do you think that we'll see? Will this change the overall numbers of abortions? I I'm not so sure.
1: I I'm not so sure either. But uh, you mentioned
0: that you brought up an interesting point about. There's no question, Mike. My,
1: my children's generation, the millennials, um, they are much more likely to be pro-life than my generation. You know the, the baby boomers i mean they you know they're i don't know what the numbers are but especially for women it's got to be you know, a, a huge majority that are which is a lot of them had abortions there that was the times but uh whether will this change demographics well the demographics are changing regardless because of as you noted you know, the, the, the nature of the immigrants are the coming in and it goes back to the 1965 voting hey guys have Emmanuel seller and teddy kennedy uh, got around and decided to turn immigration policy on its ear. At that point, it was 90, I think 90% of all immigration had to be from Europe, white immigration. And they flipped that on its ear and said, no, now, from now on, 90% of immigration comes from places other than Europe. And so you saw what happened. And what you can ask yourself, is there a non-conspiratorial explanation for a bunch of white people sitting around and saying, you know what? We're going to make America look less like uh, like us. I uh, that I don't know how you can explain that other than there being some big picture conspiracy. Can you picture a group of uh, Chinese or Japanese sitting around and saying, "You know what? You need to make China less Chinese or self-hating Chinese, it just wouldn't exist." It's never. It's only for white people. So I think the demographics are already changing. I don't think this. I, I suspect that people. I think it, it may some women that are uh, maybe on the fence and can get talked into it easily by their local planned parenthood or maybe you know their parents pressuring him if they have to drive a couple hundred miles or you know or, or go somewhere like that to have it you know people and people are just kind of lazy too ah, you know i just had the baby i mean there's there's that factor too so i think you will see probably some more children based on that but that will be that will probably result in maybe more black babies even than white babies you'll have more white babies because of that I think because there's so many black babies who are aborted, I think a, a lot of that will say, well, no, I'm not going you know, to drive. I might not have the money to go there to have it done. So I think you'll, and the demographics already will be changing because Hispanics already weren't getting abortions. And they, uh, you know, they, we should all emulate them. You know, they, they they glory. And it doesn't matter how much money they have. They Every baby is a blessing. I want a big family. And I wish so many people of my generation could have thought that and thought of that because it, it is a blessing. It should be so. I, I, I think the only thing you might see and the only difference is you, you'll you probably see more black children being born because I don't think they'll, as many will be aborted. And you'll probably see a slight uptick in white children not being aborted. But uh, I still think that the ones that are committed to that would have already done it. I think they'll be more likely to seek out the next state, whatever to do. But I don't know. You know, I don't I, I don't I don't make predictions. But and this this is shocking to me too. So I don't know what. And again, I I I will not rule out a sudden apologies and 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 a especially if if things really start burning down. I mean, look what happened last time. That worked pretty well for uh, a couple of years ago. So who knows? I mean, if, if that happens, I we have to do something. Who knows? Maybe they'll have. Uh,
0: no, well, now, now's your chance. If you're on the left, or you um, if you're funded by George Soros, I mean, and you can go do whatever you want at this point. <laughs> now now you have an excuse. I mean, you could literally do, we saw 2020, you can burn it all down. You can yep. take anything you want. And then everybody say mostly peaceful, but fiery protest. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you could, you could storm the Capitol. You could do anything you wanted at this point. If long as it's for this and you're against it, it you know, the it's it's open season. <laughs> Uh, and I hope you're right that, that it does, uh, change the demographics or at least, you know, there's more black babies being born, um, you know, uh, more babies being born in general. I I don't know. Um, I'm always skeptical about it because I think we've, we've had this so long in our culture. Uh, you know, it's resonated for, for five decades. It's, it's hard to throw that off. Maybe it'll take some time. Uh, Vince, any thoughts on that?
2: Well, uh, first I'd like to say, I don't know if you guys have seen any, uh, Big name Republicans come out and, and comment on the on the Supreme Court on any of the cases. I haven't heard of them or seen them. I think that's kind of an interesting silence. Uh, but as Don covered the demographics, uh, consider this: the uh, the support systems, or should I say, the support culture, which used to be around families long before the the Marxist destroyed the family cell, you know, uh, going back into the 50s and 60s as we watched that come under attack, the nuclear family. Okay, so we have more children that are going to be born. Let's well, just you know hope I hope they are, hope they're born. And are we still going to have the fatherless family because these other systems are still in place, you know, the the anti-poverty so-called systems are still in place, the the, the churches are not the same churches that they were back then, even though they were coming apart at the seams themselves. We saw that from Saul Alinsky's work. He was involved in taking apart some of the churches. So that goes back a long way. But as again, as, as I say, uh, what's going to step in to be the support network for these newborn children? Uh, I guess we can say that we can lean and we can lean on the other immigrants the family members, as many of our ethnic family members also had, you know, they would have big families, you'd have big meetings, you'd have big celebrations. Uh, people would get married. So are they going to get married? And if they're going to get married, now we're seeing things spiraling back words, you know, back towards way, the way it used to be. And that's, that's not, what the, uh, let me say, the royal families want, as Tony says, the people who have the money have the control, and they like the control. And they also probably saw that when the United States became a country, that's probably the point in their timeline where they say, okay, there are too many people right here, right at this point in time, and we need to cut back if we're going to have our wealth, because those guys think that our homes... The, the the land that our house is built on, the car we're driving, they think that's their wealth. They believe it belongs to them, not us. They think we've taken it from them. And what model takes that away worse than the American model? So they have to take us apart. And, you know, like I said, I don't know why they decided. They've had over, well, they've had, what, 50 years to decide this? Uh, Fifty years that uh, killing an unborn child in their mother's womb, how hideous that is, that it's wrong. Why now? Um, I don't know. If they had a conscience, then there is a God as far as I'm concerned. But if they have some other plan, then I'm very happy that that children's lives will be saved. But damn these people. That's all I can say. That they want to mess with us that badly.
0: Don, uh, I'll close with this question. Um, I think this would be good for the audience to think about as well. If you look in your constitution, you will find no set number for Supreme Court justices. So, Just a little something that's lost on the everyday uh, newscast when it comes to the Supreme Court. There is no set number. We talked about this yesterday on your show. I talked about it on my show. FDR tried to stack the Supreme Court. Uh, he ran out of political capital. Even even FDR couldn't get it across the goal line, but we're in a different America. The um, different, not not necessarily, um, not necessarily, le- you know, less controlled, but different controllers, and of uh, both parties. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, that they couldn't get it done now. Um, thoughts on that, Don, and I'll throw it to Vince. Uh, will they stack the Supreme Court based off these last couple of rulings?
1: Well, they they certainly wanted to before, and there I've heard some grumbling over this decision. But and, and you want to really get into go down the rabbit hole. I mean, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that are saying, well, you know what, this decision was done on purpose to create a movement to because this this is really fight. You know, well, look what happened. You know, if we had this now, we have to do we have to do something. And uh, I can I can easily see them. And again, the control is they are not enough Republicans to stand it in the house or the Senate. So, and certainly Biden would sign something like that. And they, they've talked about it. So yeah, I, I can, I can see that happening, which would be ironic. And then, so this may be a short-lived victory, you know, if that's the case, uh, then, you know, within the first month or something, they would just go back and, and overturn I don't know how you, guess this how does the Supreme court overturn its previous decision? I, I don't, I don't even know how that would work, but, uh, just bring I'm a new certainly, case. yeah, just bring a new case or something. And, uh, Yeah, I I can easily see that happen. And, you know, being conspiratorially minded, that that has crossed my mind. Why was this allowed to happen? And and will it result in a larger
0: Supreme Court? Vince, I'll throw it to you.
2: Okay. uh, Thanks again for having me on, guys, by the way. And I appreciate that. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, the uh, the elections have all been fraudulent. But I think that they will try to sell it that way. I think you're absolutely right that they want to have the chance to pack the court. And anything to keep us at each other's throats. And it, it is a second amendment led right up to row. I mean, two of the biggest powerhouses back to back. They're up to something. So you're on it. You're on it.
0: Well, great analysis, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I enjoyed having you here, Vince. I know uh, Don d- did too. And uh, I'm sure our audience as well. And I want to shout out the Rockfin chat. We had uh, two donations in there, one from Junkyard. Good to see you there, Junkyard. And Patrick S. uh, threw us $20. And I wanted to say to the audience, anytime you donate on the Rockfin chat, uh, first of all, we really appreciate it. Second of all, we put it back into the show. Uh, We're currently getting some equipment for Don, and uh, I'm going to talk to Billy about some other things we we need here for the show. So it's it's all going back into the show, and, and we'll continue to have great guests like like Vince Agnelli here, and uh, and these type of conversations, which you won't hear these these are there's no holds barred. Nobody has an agenda. I'm not really worried about saying the wrong thing because this is America unplugged. It's just letting it all hang out, and we're going to talk about the issues, uh, agenda free. So, um, Don, tell people where they can find you, and then I'll throw it to Vince.
1: Well, thanks to you. Uh, I, I have a great new website, donaldjeffries.media. So I really only have to promote that now. You can find out everything you want about me there, my Substack writings, uh, my books, uh, information about my radio shows, which has changed a little bit. The Donald Jeffrey show is no more uh, in the old location, but it, it's probably going to be resurfacing soon on uh, somewhere else. And uh, Tony and uh, Billy Ray, are, we're talking about that. And of course, I protest this every Friday from five to seven uh, on these exact same uh, live streams.
0: Awesome. Vince, uh, where can people find you? Do you want to be found? Uh,
2: at, the, <laughs> at the moment, uh, pretty much the only place you can find me is on Gab. Uh, if you look up new government at uh, spirit underscore of underscore Mason, you'll find me or just look up new government and it'll probably give you its choice. And spirit of Mason's where you'll find me. I I occasionally post stuff there and, and I have, uh, my book, the public wheel, the electronic version is free right up through December 31st. It's on Barnes and Noble, the public wheel and you, and you use the code BN public 22 at checkout and you get it free.
0: Awesome. We, uh, we're glad that you were here for the conversation. Um, this has been America Unplugged. I'm Tony Arterburn. You can find me at arterburn.news. and of course, the uh, the lone sponsor for the program is Wise Wolf Gold and Silver, WiseWolfGoldAndSilver.com. Uh, hopefully, Billy Ray Valentine will be back next week. Uh, I always love it when he's hosting. And uh, remember, Billy, only a penitent man shall pass on his quest for the Holy Grail. We uh, we wish. <laughs> we wish billy luck AmericaUnplugged.com, ladies and gentlemen america radio.com you can go find uh the podcast on all feeds there you can leave us a comment if i see a new comment i'll read it on the show so go give us a five-star review uh and i'll read it on the show whenever i see a new one come through that is my promise all right we're going to get out of here ladies and gentlemen uh remember billy says don't burn the place down i fully insured the place so if you get reckless, it is forgiven. All right, this has been America Unplugged. We'll see you next week.